Mission Control, we are go for spitballing. Three, two, one. Here we go. Welcome to the Spitballing with Ecom Elite Podcast. Spending time dropping knowledge from luxury locations all around the world. It's seven-figure entrepreneurs, Todd Snidely and Chris Keith, with the inside scoop on how to really obtain freedom through e-commerce. Get ready to learn how to make money online with your hosts, Todd and Chris. So, let's get started. Hey everyone, it's Todd, and this is podcast number two for the Ecom Elite Spitball Podcast. Chris is still on vacation with his family. He should be back soon. I am headed home after a long day in the office, and this weather, I gotta tell you, is just nuts. It is freezing snow. I don't know what this is, but... I am headed to Las Vegas tomorrow for the uh, ASD show, and I know some of you Ecom leaders are going to be out there, so I'm going to do my best to try to hook up with you guys. Friday night, I've, or I'm sorry, Saturday night, I've got a, a, a commitment, but um, Sunday night and Monday, well, no, I guess it would be Sunday night <laughs> would be the, the opportunity to get together. Monday night... I'm flying from Las Vegas to Orlando for the International Pet Expo. And we'll be talking about these trade shows more and more. Uh, Chris and I are putting together a course, matter of fact, called Trade Show Mastery to explain how you can take advantage of trade shows, whether you are in uh, wholesale distribution, the buy box sharing, or interested in private labeling and bundling and that kind of thing. Uh, so stay tuned for more on that. We're doing something really neat at these trade shows that I'm not going to talk about right now because I don't want to get banned from <laughs> any future trade shows that I uh, still want to attend this year. But uh, stay tuned for more on that. All right, so what are we going to talk about here today? Well, I got to tell you... Um, it's been an interesting week. We have some major projects uh, in the works, and there's been a lot of positive development on those projects. And um, it made me think, you know, about people, I'm not saying myself, I'm just saying people in general that, that can get a lot done in a short period of time, and then others that they just seem to have a hard time, you know, getting off of... Uh, first base. We're getting to first base. So if that's if that's you, I mean, take heart. There's a lot of people out there like like that that have trouble getting started. And it made me wonder, you know, why, why is that? And I thought back on the story I told you guys yesterday about how I kind of panicked and ended up selling my first real business rather than take a risk, borrow some money, and expand that business. And after that, I tried to think about the very next time I was faced with, with a situation where I, where I had to really take a risk and, and make a decision as far as you know running a business went. And th that didn't happen again until, oh, I believe it probably would have been around 1988, 1989, probably 88. And real quick on the backstory, 
as I mentioned yesterday, I wanted to sell my business so uh, that I could take the money and finish up my professional pilot training, which I did do. And I was um, a certified flight instructor in Michigan, uh, building my hours up until uh, you know I could get a better job. And uh, finally, you know, I I had pointed out to my new wife we'd gotten married in '85, right? So, um, actually, this probably could have been closer to 86, 87. In any event, you know, I convinced her that uh, there was no law that required us to live in the state of Michigan and that we could live anywhere we want. So I took her out to Colorado, Colorado Springs specifically, for a weekend to show her around. And, and she absolutely fell in love with the place, and she agreed to move out there. And, you know, being young and silly and, you know, <laughs> how that goes, we just both quit the jobs that we had. I was a flight instructor. She was a legal secretary. And we just decided to, uh, you know, head on over to Colorado. And I figured I'd just walk into the one airport they had there and immediately be hired as a flight instructor because I was such a great pilot. And, uh, and I knew Patty could find work if, you know, if she wanted to. So we get out there, and I, I walk into the airport, and they just kind of laughed at me. They said, son, we've got like a six-month waiting list <laughs> for flight instructors, so get on the list, but it's going to be a while. And I understood that. Colorado Springs was a beautiful city. I mean, a lot of, a lot of transients there. A lot of people moved to live there. It was so beautiful. So anyway, we both decided that we should get normal jobs at that point in time. And we ended up um, both going to, I think it was manpower, employ temporary employment. And we just kind of walked in the door and said, hey, we need we need work. And remember, this is back in like in 86, 87. And I want to say 86. And, uh, you know, they you know they talked to Patty. Oh, you're a legal secretary. Okay, you type 90 words a minute. Okay, and they gave her a job right away. It was funny. It was at Ford Aerospace as a um, executive secretary. And they said to me, they said, well, what kind of skills do you have? And I said, well, let me ask you this. What's the highest paying job you have available right now? And she pulled out her files and she said, oh, it's, it's also at Ford Aerospace, but it's for a technical proofreader. You know, do you have a background in that? And I said, I excel in technical proofreading, um, reminding myself mentally to ask my wife later that day what technical proofreading actually was. But um, so they said, okay, well, we'll set up an interview for you then. So we're walking out to the car. My wife's like, you don't know anything about technical proofreading. I said, hey, I'm a gadget guy and I like to read. How hard could it be? Right. So she kind of laughed and she goes, I'd make a better technical proofreader than you. And I said, yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. So, you know, I went and I did some research and I kind of found out what the job was about. And I went to the interview and uh, the lady sat me down, asked me uh, a bunch of questions. And, and, you know, honestly, we just talked for a little bit. You know, I just I just told her I could do the job. She'd never have an issue. It wouldn't be a problem. And I guess she was like really under the gun because she hired me on the spot. And there was only, all right, this is Ford Aerospace <laughs> in uh, Colorado Springs. There's only two technical proofreaders, like in the entire huge building, me and a guy that looked, I swear to you, I am not joking, like Mr. Spock. <laughs> Our desks were pushed together and we were facing each other. And he was just swimming, 
swimming in manual technical documents, manuals, engineering drawings, and I mean schematics and graphic design pieces of work. I mean, you name it. And he was just so happy to see me. He just you know took like half of his pile and shoved it over onto my desk and explained you know that when I was you know done proofing a piece you know and putting all my comments and suggestions to these engineers right in these pieces that I would just simply then you know sign off and it would go back to the engineer for revisions and you know, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself oh my gosh what have I gotten myself into well funny enough that this fellow was really quite helpful so as I was reading these documents you know I would say hey what do you think about what this guy wrote here or do you think this formula is right and blah 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 and he was oh let me see you know oh yeah no no I would change that you're right good catch and oh no that looks good I think you're fine so I mean that's how like I survived (laughs) well two months went by Oh, it was great working there with Patty, too, by the way. And uh, and I'll have more to say about that later because Patty was integral to... Uh, when I finally did get a large business going, Patty was integral and we loved working together. More on that later. Um, about two months had gone by. And I'm, like, going through these documents and these blueprints. And this guy walks up to me and he says, "I, You know, we got to get this to the printer right away. He goes, Can you sign off on this? And, uh, you know, so I took a quick peek. It was, they said it was going to be like a wall-sized display, you know, down in the lobby. You know, and I, I looked through it, everything. I mean, they had never really brought me anything that needed any correction. Those digital design graphic artists were really, really good. So, I mean, I barely looked at it and I signed off on it. Well, <laughs> about three days later, I walk into the, the lobby and this huge wall-sized, you know, display is up. And everybody's kind of looking and pointing. And I look and I'm, oh, there's this huge typo. <laughs> I mean, you know, when they bring you the proof in the little 8.5 by 11 piece of paper, you know, it doesn't really jump out at you. When you're looking at something wall-sized, yeah, it kind of jumped out at me. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, crap, I wonder what's going to happen there. Well, it wasn't long. <laughs> I'd say maybe I was there an hour, and I got called in, and they and it was just very uncomfortable for me. But, you know, the lady that hired me had said, well, I just want to let you know, we're not going to need your services anymore. Uh, tell You know, we'll let the temp agency know you did fine, and thank you very much. Coincidence? I think not. So anyway, as soon, <laughs> as soon as I was, you know, done there, you know, I get in my car in the parking lot and I head right over to the airport. And then we're at the airport. I'm at that airport that I want to be a flight instructor at. And I, I walk in and I hear some, um, I don't know, I won't call it yelling and screaming, but let's say raised voices, right? And I guess they had just fired a flight instructor. <laughs> So he goes storming out, and I'm standing there, and the owner of the business is standing there, and he goes, what can I do for you? And I said, I'm the best flight instructor in the world, and I want to work for you. He goes, can you start today? (laughs) Yes, I can. So I flew there for, I want to say, about a year, and I did charter work, uh, flew people around. I mean, it was... uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, it was a lot of fun. I'm going to leave it at that. In any event, an opportunity came up where uh, 
you know, it would have been like the next career step. It was for a, a freight contractor out, out of uh, Crete, Crete, Nebraska, which is near Omaha. And, um, you know, the, the equipment, the plane I would have been flying, you know, would have been a lot of fun. And, and so, um, so I accepted that job. And this is kind of turning into a long story. <laughs> I apologize. But um, the downside was we had just bought a house about three months before. We had put our entire life savings down, which was at that point $3,000, and uh, had assumed a, a simple assumable a VA a low interest loan. And, uh, you know, so I told, you know, three months later, I said to Patty, I said, you know, I really want to take this job. And I drove out, I interviewed, and they hired me on the spot. And I, I don't even remember if I got to go home. I, I, if I did, it wouldn't have been for long. I would have come right back out and started training, and uh, which was actually flying the route with a safety pilot. They did that, uh, I think, twice, and then they you know, cut me loose to do it alone. So now I'm flying at night, every other day away from, from home, every other weekend away from home, single pilot, worst weather you could imagine. I have like 10 bazillion stories <laughs> about, about that job, but another time. Um, Anyway, all of this, um, while all this was going on, we were trying to sell our house and it just wouldn't sell. And so finally, you know, a month after it had been listed, we didn't even have a bite. You know, I uh, told Patty, I said, you know, instead of uh, overnighting in um, Western Nebraska, I'm going to, I'm going to drive the crew car all the way home to Colorado Springs. Cause I had the whole weekend uh, that I was going to be away. And I said, oh, we'll get this house sold, right? So I, I, I get home and I get a newspaper and I go to the help or the classifieds under uh, real estate wanted. And there was, you know, all kinds of ads, you know, we'll buy your house. We'll pay cash for your home. Your same day sales. And I'm, and I said to Patty, gosh, I don't understand what the problem is. Look at all of these people that want to buy real estate. So I called the very first ad. Now, again, I remember I knew nothing about real estate. I, we barely knew enough to buy the first house, right? I was kind of, you know, out of my element. So I make that first call and the guy literally asked me three questions. Is the loan a simple assumable loan? Yes. How much equity do you have in the house? Three grand. Uh, okay, so that was two questions. And he's like, I'll be right over. So, you know, literally 10 minutes later, the, the doorbell rings. He comes in and I swear to you, he didn't look around at all. This is what he said. I'm going to buy your house and this is how I'm going to do it. That $3,000 in equity, kiss it goodbye, it's gone forever, you paid too much for this house. I'm going to assume the loan, I'm going to take over your payments, but you're not going to get anything out of it. Pack your stuff up, you know, move out, and let's do this deal right now. We kind of, you know, looked at each other and we, you know, we walked off to the, another part of the house, we talked about it, and, and it was worth it to us to be together again and just get this behind us to, uh, you know, so we said okay. So we signed the papers. Um, that was mistake number one, <laughs> was doing that deal. Mistake number two was letting him take the paperwork with him. Okay, super long story, super short. You could imagine what happened. The guy never made a payment, um, never sent in the paperwork, but I was able to track him down and you know, pretty much forced him, I won't go into that part of the story, to send in the paperwork, and I got off the hook. But he never made a payment. Well... One day we come to find out 
that dude had completely stripped that house, took the hot tub, all the fixtures, lighting, everything, sold that off, was renting it out to three families that were living in there, okay? And uh, I won't go into that too much, but just use your imagination. And um, and he was collecting like $900 a month rent from each of them. <laughs> and the payment was $900 a month that he wasn't even making. All right, so why, why am I telling you all of this? Because when I was in Omaha and I figured out that this had happened to me, I got mad. And I said to myself, I am never, ever going to let somebody take advantage of me like that again. And therefore, I am going to learn everything I can learn about real estate so that when we go to buy our next house, we will not be taken advantage of. We will know exactly what we're doing. Now... What was really interesting about this is as I studied and studied and studied about real estate, what I learned was I could make money investing in real estate, not just my own house, but investing in real estate. So while we were in Omaha, and this was another year, okay, um, I would take my off days and I would practice. I would go look at homes. I would go to open houses. I would talk to homeowners, the for sale by owners. I would talk to everybody. Um, I would make pretend offers, you know, really low ball offers, just trying to learn the process. I wrote my own purchase agreement. I had my own addendum for the people that wanted to use the real estate agent's purchase agreement. I had, I had it just, I, I can't tell you how much I learned. Um, Oh, and just a little uh, pro tip here, that real estate addendum, the addendum to the purchase agreement, what the purchase agreement giveth, the addendum taketh away. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that for right now. Uh, so in any event, you know, finally I came across the deal that was so good, I didn't think I could pass it up. So I went and I, I talked to Patty and I said to her, I said, look, I said, I really want to do this deal. And she said to me, if we do this, how much longer are we going to be in Omaha? And I said, you know what? It could be another year. And she goes, no. <laughs> she goes, I don't want to spend another year in Omaha. Um, and I don't blame her. You know what? She, I'd been gone every other day, every other weekend. She, we knew nobody. I mean, that was tough. And so I really, you know, when she said no, um, I didn't have to think for half a second. Uh, she, and, and she came right out and said, you know what? If you want to do this real estate thing, this investing thing, let's go back to Michigan and that way, if you if you fail, you know, we can at least live in my parents' basement if we had to. And I thought about that for a second. And I said, well, you know, that was encouraging on one hand and you know, kind of scary on the other. But uh, I said, OK, let's go. So um, I was at least smart enough this time to have a job lined up. Right. And I said, uh, you know, I, 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 I sent out some resumes, did some phone interviews. I can't, you know, and honestly, I can't remember if I interviewed in person or not, but it doesn't matter. I got hired to be a DC-7 pilot out of uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan uh, for Transcon Airways. And, uh, but they told me, they go, you know, the first six weeks, might have been four, four to six weeks, you're going to train out of Miami, but then you'll be based out of uh, Detroit, which is all I cared about because I wanted to do that. And then in my spare time, do the real estate thing. Wife quits her job. I quit my job. And, uh, you know, we pack up the house, our belongings, and move to uh, move back to Michigan. Now, we didn't have any housing. We planned on staying with uh, her parents for 
no more than like three or four days because it, it, you know it was pretty easy to, to find housing in in Michigan at the time. So, and I apologize. This is kind of getting long. We're I'm already up on 19 minutes, and I'm really sorry. But um, I guess I'm in a chatty mood. <laughs> so anyway, we we drive back to Michigan. We're in her parents' basement uh, for the weekend, and um, I was supposed to report to work on Monday, and then. Um, or Tuesday, and and we were going to spend, I think, Monday looking for a place to live. So in any event, I, I called them Monday morning and said, yeah, no, I'm in town. I just want to make sure, you know, what, what time to show up tomorrow and and uh, and whatnot. And they said, well, okay, be here by, you know, 6 a.m. You're going to catch a flight down to Miami, you know, uh, for your training. And I said, right. And I said, and when I come back, you know, I'll be I'll be based in Ypsilanti. And you go, no, nah, we were thinking about that. We're going to keep you based in um, Miami. And I'm like, what? I said, but but we live in Michigan. <laughs> and they go, oh, well, don't worry. You can commute. You know, you can come back like on the weekends. And boy, the first thing went through my mind was the fact that what, I, what Patty had gone through in Omaha. And I'm like, I can't do that. I need to be based out of Michigan. And they basically said, make up your mind take it or leave it. You can commute to Michigan from Miami for free, um, but you're going to be based out of Miami. And I just said, uh, forget it. And I hung up the phone. So Patty turns to me and said, what just happened? <laughs> and I said to her, I said, I just, I just quit. I said, I don't have the job anymore. They wanted me to base me out of Miami. And I said, I just, if that's how they were going to go, you know, before my first day, I said, I, I can't imagine working for them would have been all that great either. She goes, what are we going to do? I said, let's go find a place to live and we'll figure it out. So we actually went and leased a town home with neither one of us having a job, using my pay stubs from the job out of Omaha and uh, signed a one-year lease that day. And in the uh, afternoon, we both went back to Manpower, a <laughs> temporary employment company, and said, we need jobs. And they said, what do you guys do? My wife said, I'm a legal secretary. And they go, oh, we have this uh, this wonderful legal secretary position for you in one of the largest law firms in the country. And it's in the 400 Tower of the Renaissance Center. And she says, that's wonderful. I'll take it. And they said, and what do you do, sir? And I said, what's the highest paying job you have on your, you know, that you need to fill right now? And they says, well, that would be a paralegal you know, type up type position. And my wife just looked at me and glared at me. And I said, Oh, that's great because I'm one of the best paralegals in the world. So funny enough, I got a paralegal position in, a, in, uh, not the one of the largest, but a pretty good sized law firm in the 400 tower at the Renaissance center. She was on the like 31st floor and I was on the 15th floor and we drove to work together every day, and we um, had lunch, and I was able to start uh, thinking about how I was going to get my real estate thing going. And um, and I apologize because I know this had very little to do <laughs> about e-commerce. There was, you know, it was all pretty much backstory. But I'm hoping that what you get out of out of this is just the kind of things you have to go through sometimes you know and the uh you know and the risk you have to take and the step forward and the two step back 
And believe me, this that was not the biggest two-step back I had ever taken. You know, we'll probably get to that. Uh, but it's the perseverance. It's the, the resiliency I want you to, to pick up on. And the fact that, you know, both Patty and myself were willing to take some risks along the way there. And that gets you conditioned, you know, especially when things turn out, you know, like, like it did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call this the end of part one, and I'm going to pick up on part two with what happened uh, tomorrow uh, with the real estate venture, you know, and the, the temporary job. And we'll just, uh, we'll just see where that leads us. And, uh, oh boy, I just hope eventually we get to e-commerce. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I'll see some of you guys in Las Vegas uh, this weekend in Orlando next week at the trade shows. And uh, thank you so much for listening to, the, to our second uh, podcast. Chris will be back soon from vacation. I'm sure he'll have plenty to say himself. And if you like it, leave some comments. Uh, we're not on iTunes yet, but you know we're posting uh, the links on Facebook and our blog. Leave some comments. Let us know how we're doing. And again, I understand we, we did no e-commerce spitball <laughs> yet, but we're going to get there. Thanks so much.